0: Welcome to the Wicked Good Mom Cast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms, a space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood, and to normalize its challenges. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now here are your Wicked Good Mom Cast hosts, Shannon and Megan. Welcome back, listeners. On this week's episode for our Wicked Good Pregnancy series, we are discussing fertility and family building support with local nonprofit, Resolve New England. This is an important conversation for so many families, and we are sure you are going to love hearing from Operations Manager, Emily Lindblad, and Executive Director, Kate Weldon-LeBlanc. Resolve
1: New England is dedicated to building a caring community within... New England to support, inform, and advocate for all those struggling with fertility and family building. They understand very personally the complexities of struggling to grow your family. These personal connections drive the organization's commitment to providing support, education, and advocacy to anyone in the region that is facing these challenges. Their mantra is, find your people. Emily and Kate, we are thrilled to welcome you to the show today.
0: Thank Thank you so much for having us. I know this work is very personal for both of you. So I would love to take a minute for each of you to share your stories and what led you to Resolve New England or RNE.
2: Sure. Well, thank you again for having us. So I'm Kate, and uh, my husband and I struggled for years to uh, become parents, and it was Like many people, pretty much my main dream, I always kind of jokingly say, like, I didn't really dream about my wedding so much as I dreamt about being a parent. So then for this to be our struggle of all things felt so extra difficult because I had always loved kids and just so much looked forward to being a parent. Uh, but it just was a bumpier and curvier road that to parenthood than we were expecting. Uh, but we also felt very fortunate because we lived in Massachusetts where uh, the state has had a fertility insurance mandate since 1987. Mm-hmm. It's almost the oldest in the country and it is uh, one of the most comprehensive and We also had, uh, you know, a good amount of support from our family and friends. Once we were a little bit more open about it with other people, uh, we have very supportive uh, community around us. But it was still one of the hardest things we had ever gone through, particularly emotionally. I mean, physically, fertility treatment can be quite grueling as well. But for me, by far, the emotional aspect was the most difficult. And so that's why it really feels uh, so perfect for me to be now working at an organization where I think our emotional well-being when you're struggling to become a parent is really the cornerstone of our mission. And so we did ultimately become parents, uh, skipping over a lot of stuff there, but we did uh, <laughs> fertility treatment for a while, uh, but ultimately were successful having a daughter who is now 15 after doing IVF. And uh, so extremely grateful to be parents. Uh, You know, we actually wanted to have more than one child was our real dream. uh, And we were not successful with that. And uh, so I think I hope it allows me to bring a lot of empathy to this job because I am a parent and that for me, emotionally, it would be difficult to be in this position if I wasn't. Uh, But it's not like I had exactly my dream come true. As well, uh, we had loss along the way and and failed subsequent attempts to be parents. And so I hope I can bring a lot of uh, relation to our community because of that. But generally speaking, very, very grateful uh, to be parents. And I love working at Resolve New England. Emily and I are the entire staff of Resolve New England. So you're with the entire organization right now. All right. And um, I'll, I'll turn it over to Emily to share her story.
3: Thanks Kate. So I'm Emily. Um I was fortunate enough to find RNE when I was going through my own family building struggles um a very long time ago. <laughs> um, similarly to um Kate's story there's a lot that happened that I'm not going to bore you with. Um but our road was um much bumpier than we had ever anticipated. Um, we had losses, we had um some very unexpected curves, um, but ultimately did become parents um, to 10 year old triplets, which is um, something that I'm eternally grateful for, but uh, also perpetually exhausted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I um, am really grateful for the opportunity to now work for the organization that provided so much hope and validation and understanding to me when I was going through my own journey. Um, I remember finding um, the r magazine back when it was in a printed, now it's in a digital format, but when When it was a printed magazine, um, I found it in the waiting room of our reproductive endocrinologist's office. And it was the day we were talking about giving it one last shot. Um, Little did I know that that one last shot would not only give us, our children, but also connect me with this whole community that... Later on down the line um, would be a place where I'd be fortunate enough to um, kind of pay that support forward that we received and help people that are still still on their family building journey.
1: Wow, uh, that's really special. I get to, I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. um, could you could you define for us what you mean by family building and what those paths can include? Sure. So,
2: we use family building as a term that we like because it feels and we feel is more inclusive to describe anyone struggling to grow their family or become a parent for the first time and are finding it, you know, more challenging along the way. Um, You know, I think traditionally a lot of organizations focus on the term infertility, and obviously Mm -hmm. that's a really important term, a really important experience. And it is part of our mission, of course, but not everyone who's struggling to become parents would necessarily use the word infertile or infertility to describe their own situation. So for Mm -hmm. example, LGBTQ couples may need to pursue fertility treatment to become parents and wouldn't nece- don't necessarily experience medical mm-hmm. infertility sometimes they sure. do
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, but they don't sure. necessarily and um, others are choosing to build their family in a in a different way maybe than than the most common path to parenthood and so we for many years now have been really trying to be uh, have our language be as inclusive and progressive as our mission is and so we talk about fertility and family building and also to kind of grow your family is a, is an important term because some people have one child uh and maybe don't struggle with that at all and then later when they're trying to have subsequent children and really uh, have that dream they struggle with that uh and so to us it's uh not always about becoming a parent it's Kind of growing the family of your dreams. Uh, but yes, there are many paths to parenthood nowadays, which is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many ways to be a family and we really honor and celebrate all of them at Resolve New England. And so just a few of them, by no means an exhaustive list, but uh, fertility treatment, as we talked about, adoption, surrogacy, uh, you know, sort of unique family constellations that come up, uh, you know, by choice. So there's many ways uh, to grow a family, and we really try to support people all through Mm -hmm. that. Uh, For example, even with infertility treatment, there are different paths. Uh, Some people uh, utilize donor conception, which is Mm -hmm. either a donor egg, donor sperm, or donor embryo uh, to to make their dream of parenthood come true. And it really is quite amazing. Uh, And so one of the things... That we work hard to do is try to make those paths more accessible to to anyone who needs them.
0: I really love that, and I love that it's not just a focus on fertility, but that it's it's way more inclusive than that. And I really, really appreciate that.
1: I actually just wrote that down. I wrote about because Avasta Moms. We're always trying to make sure that our language is inclusive. You know, it's it's consumed by so many people in Massachusetts. And I have never considered that like the fertility and family building piece um, where it's you're building a family. It might not actually be like infertility. Um, I wrote that down because I think that our language needs to be more inclusive, too. So uh, thank you for that, because you are already, you know, we're only eight minutes in and you're already inspiring me.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Sure. Sure.
1: So the mission of RNE
0: is broken down into three focus areas, from what I understand: support, education, and advocacy. So I'm wondering, could you talk to us about the support piece and what that looks like?
3: Sure, I can chat about our support program. Um, so as you know, Kate and I have learned firsthand um, when you are struggling to become a parent or struggling to um, grow your family, it can be messy, complicated, um, scary, heartbreaking, all, you know, mm-hmm. the whole package of emotions. Um, you can experience them in the course of, you know, one day, let alone mm-hmm. the years that it can sometimes take um, to, to build the family of your dreams. Um, so what we really strive to do at r is to make sure that people have a place where they can go, where they feel that they're not alone in their struggles, whatever mm-hmm. they might be. Um, that they can get support, understanding, validation, resources, that they can be a part of a community who truly understands what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, as supportive as your friends and family can be, um, sometimes they just don't get it. And being around others who really, truly get it can make a huge difference, um, especially in some of those darker moments. Um, as Kate mentioned there are so many wonderful different ways to build families. So, we try to align our support to um, match all of those different pathways. So, um, the hallmark of our support is our peer group program. Um, it's actually been a part of RE since it was founded way back in the 70s in Belmont, Massachusetts. Um, and we try to offer groups that are tailored to whatever your family building experience might be, whether they are uh, fertility treatment related, whether they're adoption, uh, during conception, surrogacy, pregnancy, loss. Um, We have 16 different groups at the moment, which we're really um, fortunate to offer due to our really amazing volunteers. Um, They're all people who are from New England and beyond who have experienced their own family building challenges, and now are um, coming together to support others who are still on their journeys. Um, And it's really it's really something magical when you get to see people come together and say maybe the things that they've been too afraid to say out loud mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Um, and to find that they're they're part of a, a larger community. They're part of this like virtual group hug that,
1: yeah. <laughs> where everyone understands
3: <laughs> that um, you know, this is really hard, but you don't have to go through it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Another thing that makes Arnie really unique is the wide range of different options that we offer because you never know what sort of turns your family building is going to take. Um, you might go in with one kind of set pathway in mind and then all of a sudden realize that you have to you know, totally jump tracks to something else. Um, so it is nice to be able to offer all of that within one organization so you, you never feel like you're losing a support system to explore a new path to parenthood. You're still part of that. Um, a big, wonderful community and you're going to have a safe place to explore lots of different paths to parent and figure out, you know, what is going to ultimately be the best path for your individual family.
1: Yeah. I think That's so important. I, and like not having to do it alone, that support piece is just like, you know, to know that there are people in, in a similar seat or have been there before or walking beside you is so huge. Now, can you tell us, now we know have like a grasp on some of the support services. Can you tell us a little bit more about the educational offerings that RE provides, as well as your advocacy mission?
2: Sure. So on the education side, uh, really, it's. It's not education, like in this traditional sense of like, we are the experts and you, uh, you know, here's the information. But we do we do feel like we are a conduit for resources and connecting people to information that's unbiased, you know, because we're not. Marketing ourselves or marketing other companies, we're really just trying to get information into the hands that that need it. And I think really a lot of the characteristics that Emily described about our support groups really carries over to our educational offerings as well, in terms of being supportive and empowering and non-judgmental, I think is so important. As Emily said, sometimes in these settings, you're sharing things for the first time that you hate even to say and and that you feel. And then not only do you get it out, but you have people nodding and shaking their head around, you know, across the table at you that that it's normal that you're not a Mm -hmm. terrible person for wanting to skip a baby shower and pretending you're sick, which I definitely have done. Um, So uh, I think traditionally Resolve New England has been known for sort of one-day educational events, and we're very proud of those. We actually have been providing a... uh a conference that's really focused on individuals and couples currently trying to grow their families. This will be our 30th anniversary this year. So, three oh, wow. decades of providing this conference. I know it's amazing. I mean, it definitely predates Emily and I, uh, <laughs> but we're so, we collectively as an organization, we're so proud of that. Obviously, there are big fertility and infertility conferences nationally that are profen- professional focused, but ours is one of the biggest and certainly the oldest that's really focused on people currently trying to grow their family. And so we still are doing that. And the last few years, those that's been virtual, but we are planning to be in person again this year, this fall, in part to celebrate that 30th anniversary. Um, but in addition to that, Emily and I are so committed to having information available on an ongoing basis. I'm, I'm a middle of the night worrier. I don't know about you guys, but so like just to know that people in our community could go, like go on our YouTube page and watch some of our videos any time of the day or night that they need it. They don't have to wait for a conference that maybe is one time a year in the fall when maybe now in January, they're they're worried about some of these things. So we're very committed to doing that. We're actually going to be launching a Podcast this year, and Yay. we would Yay. love your help <laughs> and insight. So, we'll have a whole separate conversation about that. Uh, but we're very excited because another thing that I think is a hallmark of our educational programs and why they're not sort of traditionally educational is we feel that a huge part is us bringing real voices to this conversation. The people who have gone through this, uh, the people who do this work professionally, uh, you know, those real world stories are a hallmark of Resolve New England. And so we feel like a podcast will be a great way to share that. Um, so that's a little bit about the sort of educational resources. And then advocacy is very close to my heart that my background is in political advocacy. And so it's wonderful that in this job where the mission means so much to me, we are able to do advocacy. It is grueling at times. Uh, mm-hmm. Advocacy is mm-hmm. a marathon and not a sprint, but I still love it. I ha- It hasn't t- stolen my love yet. Uh, and Resolve New England, <laughs> has been at the forefront of advocacy successes in new England throughout our history. And we are really proud of that. So our, our wonderful predecessors, uh, were part of passing that in that fertility insurance law in Massachusetts that I mentioned in 1987, they, uh, and so that started with Massachusetts in 1987 in New England. And then from there, our goal is to have obviously all six states have uh, a fertility insurance law. So Rhode Island and Connecticut followed Massachusetts, uh, you know, around, you know, semi around that time, quite a bit ago. But then it had been many years since there had been a successful effort in New England uh, to pass a fertility insurance law. Uh, but fortunately, we led a campaign in 2018 to uh, pass this in New Hampshire. Uh, and it did pass in the summer of 2019 and actually was very exciting. It was extremely bipartisan, which unfortunately is not a, a common thing in our country right now or even our state, although our state is better, you know, our New England is better with bipartisanship than most. Uh, but it was very exciting. And it was passed by a Republican. Uh, signed rather by a Republican governor, Kristen Nunu in New Hampshire uh, and took effect in January of 2020. So we're extremely proud of that and excited about that. And so then we said, okay, who's next? So we went to Maine uh, (laughs) and we led a campaign. Of course, everything is collaborative. We by no means take sole credit for anything, including advocacy, Uh, very much a partnership among wonderful organizations, people and families in Maine. And we advocated successfully for a law there that passed in 2022, uh, and it will take effect January 1st of 2024. Uh, extremely great support from Maine legislators and the governor of Maine, Janet Mills. And mm-hmm. so now the only New England state that does not have one is Vermont. And so we are there now awesome. uh, advocating for a comprehensive fertility insurance law in Vermont. I mean, we're just starting. Their legislative session is just starting now. and. Uh, I think Vermont is is obviously such a wonderful state. And and they're like, some people have already been like, why haven't we done this yet? But it, it honestly, for us, Resolve New England has not tried yet. So it's not like we've tried multiple times and failed. Um, we just haven't had the resources to do more than one state at a time. And so we're very hopeful. Uh, and even like I said, even you don't always, unfortunately, the bills don't always pass right away. Uh, But we feel even when we're not successful, and obviously we hope we will be, but even when we're not, it increases awareness of the challenges that people face when they have the emotional and physical burden of of fertility challenges that Emily and I have described, but also the financial worry. And the part Mm -hmm. that really, I mean, just, of course, breaks our hearts so much is when we hear from families that cannot afford to even try once Uh, because of their um, inability to to afford it out of pocket without insurance, and so we really feel like it makes economic sense for a lot of these states too. And honestly, I think that's part of why it's gotten bipartisan support, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. truly, this keeps wonderful young couples and people in these states, because if their state helps them with what they dream about most, which is parenthood, it makes them feel so loyal and so happy to be part of that state. And if it doesn't, We hear from many of them that are like, I love in, you know, in our most recent thing, people were like, we love Maine, but we're out of here if we can't get this fertility coverage, because there's nothing we care more about than being parents. We love Maine, but Mm -hmm. not enough to stay here if there's not going to be insurance. So that's really resonated with people on both sides of the
0: aisle. And Mm -hmm. so that's That's amazing. I mean, that's (laughs) such a huge undertaking. I'm just I'm blown away. I think that's fantastic. So I personally feel like even if you yourself have not struggled with fertility issues, you likely know someone who has, whether they've made it public knowledge or not. And I'm wondering, how can someone who has not struggled with family building best support a friend or a family member who is walking through that journey?
3: That's a great question. And Kate, it's okay if I jump in on this one. Um, I think that piece you said about whether they've made it public knowledge or not mm-hmm. is is really important because you never know what someone's going through when you're talking to them. So I think step one is just never making assumptions or asking, you know, personal questions unless you're ready for the awkward personal answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a colleague of mine who had no idea what we were going through. um, Asked some really intrusive questions about. um, My appearance and some weight gain. um, And, you know, very pointedly asked if I was pregnant and it was, like three days after a ectopic pregnancy. Um, so I think step one is to, you know, really check yourself when you're going to ask what you might think is kind of a harmless question um, and say, okay, is this really something that
0: A, is any of my business?
3: And mm-hmm. B, is as harmless as I think.
0: Well, or uh, that you would want someone to ask you.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of step one is making sure that you're not adding to kind of the harm that people might be going through unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously, if you know that someone is struggling, um, being there for them without hesitation, without judgment, without an agenda, just saying, this is hard. I can't even imagine what this is like, but tell me what you need. Um you know, the ways you show up for a friend when they're having any sort of sort of mm-hmm. um, health crisis or relationship issue, th- that sort of unconditional support and love um, is really you know, appreciated.
2: I absolutely agree. I mean, and I think there is we we as humans a little bit rush to fix things and it's mm-hmm. out of good natured love for the person and you wish it wasn't happening and you mm-hmm. want to like solve it. But it's like, please like focus on love and listening and not advice. Mm -hmm. Usually we have like a team of people helping us become parents. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we actually have a lot of people giving us advice and poking and prodding us. So we love our friends and family to not poke and prod literally or figuratively. um, And just, you know, I, I mean, I think everyone is different. That's why I love Emily's suggestion of, of really asking the person like what, would be helpful to you because Mm -hmm. there's some people who want you to ask. And then there's some people who want you not to ask like about how did a transfer go or have you got Mm -hmm. good news? And um, so each person is different, but that's why to me the foolproof advice is like, I can't imagine anyone that would be offended by, I love you and I'm here for you anytime you need, you need me. And so that that's really foolproof for pretty much anything you're going through. But this, I would say, yes.
0: That's so true. And I'm sitting here thinking it takes um, a certain level of maybe growth or it's just uh, one of the life lessons that really stuck out to me recently was that sometimes there is no way to help and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to sit with when you want to help and you want to fix it or, you know, provide some kind of comfort for this person. I went through uh, something with my mom a couple of months ago and I had a person in my life who meant well, and I knew it at the time, that they meant well and they wanted to help. But the way they were helping was stressing me out more. It wasn't helpful. It was maybe how they would have wanted help. But as you're saying, they didn't ask me, is this helpful? They just did it. And it wasn't. It, again, was more stressful than it should have been. So I think that that's really hard to just be, maybe not even comfortable, but willing to sit in the seat where knowing you've offered your support and then you just kind of have to wait there. You can't be actively helpful and that's okay. Cause sometimes that's more helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a matter of being there. And I also think just as, as somebody on the outside of this, I'm thinking about, you know, you have like groups and, and other ways to be, to have, to offer support through R&E. And it's totally possible that the person walking through that experience is getting that in that kind of setting. So they're getting, the back and forth kind of um, I've tried this. Have you tried this? Those kinds of recommendations from their peers in that time. And so understanding that if you, especially if you are not a peer, sometimes it's just better just to be there, just be, be there. Um, I really want to ask as we're starting to wrap this up, I'm sure there are people who are listening to this episode who want to in some way get involved with r So what is the first step that they can take if that's something that they want to do? Definitely. Reach out to us at admin at Um,
4: resolveofengland.org, whether they're looking for support on their own family building journey, whether um, they have personal experience and are looking for ways to connect and give back to the community, whether or not they're um, professionals who are in this field and want to chat more about what we do. That's Mm -hmm. the the best best starting formula of connecting to people and hearing people's stories and figuring out um, what would be a meaningful fit for them
0: great. That's perfect. And the last question I wanted to ask, do you have any words of encouragement that you would love to leave with a listener who is struggling or hurting right now or feeling any of the emotions that we've talked about in this episode?
2: Of course. So, I mean, we have so many, but, but <laughs> I would say I really reiterate that uh, you are not alone. And I just the emotions you're feeling are normal and understandable. And you're, you're, like I said, not a bad person. They are unfortunately very common emotions. You're just not used to feeling them. I know for me, I was just so angry and jealous and just things that I usually generally am not. And Mm -hmm. they didn't sit well because I was like, Oh, you know, these are not enjoyable emotions. But one of my big things now, I guess, through time, uh, as you were saying in growth is just that we can control our behavior. We can control our words, uh, but we really can't control our feelings. And all we can do is really get through them and, and, uh, and getting through them with others is so much easier. And so that's why we say, find your people. That's why we feel, uh, Reducing that isolation is so critical. And uh so we, you know, I like, I say, we do a walk every year. And I always say at the mm-hmm. walk, people are probably here sick of me saying, find your people, but I don't think they are. I hope they're not. <laughs> and I, but I always say to them, like, because some people, the, the walk is the first thing that Resolve New England has that they've ever come to. And I always say, well, if you haven't found your people yet, now you have. That's us, mm-hmm. you know. So I say that today to your listeners too. Uh, and, uh, just a shout out to for our website. Emily mentioned our email, which is great. And we definitely love uh, connecting with people by email and then phone or wh- whatever. Um, but our website that I'm sure you'll share has a lot resolve new And what, what oh. are your words of encouragement, Emily? <laughs> oh man, I think you summed it up pretty well. I mean, the bottom line, you are not alone.
4: This is incredibly difficult. It can be, um, Isolating, you can start to feel like this is all your fault, or this is somehow something that you brought on to yourself. Like and it's it's a dark place that you can go to, but having others who um I mean, Shana, like you said, people are just willing to sit there with you while you work through all of this, um, can make such a huge difference. You don't have to be strong all the time, you don't have to put on the brave front. when I mean, You have people who will just sit with you and let you feel your feelings and navigate this journey however it ends up
1: we appreciate you both so much for coming on the show and being willing to share your stories and your encouragement uh, we also really appreciate the work that you're doing in our region uh, listeners can find all of resolve new england's contact information in the show notes for this show on bostonmoms.com now emily and kate we always close our show uh, by asking our guests the exact same question and that question is what are you loving about raising a family in greater Boston right now? <laughs> so I don't know if this is a right now question, but. Or any as, about raising a family
4: in greater Boston. <laughs> as, I mean, we've talked a little bit about um, the fertility insurance laws in Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. I mean, truth be told, without that, if we had lived in any other state, I don't know that I would have my children today. So I don't mm-hmm. think I would have a family if we would. We're in greater bosses on forever, forever, um, in debt for our predecessors at Arnie and all the other one of the people who advocated for that so many years ago. We're still feeling the um, impact of that today.
2: That's nice. Uh, and I, I grew up in Boston my whole life. Uh, I love your podcast logo, by the way. I love it oh, so thank much. You. Um, <laughs> So I'm like a Bostonian through and through and, and Emily is too, especially as it relates to sports, which I am yes. like literally showing over my yeah. shoulder here, but I, um, my favorite thing though, about raising a family in the greater Boston area is our rich diversity. And that includes the amazing diversity of families, like I mentioned. And I think that just enriches all of our lives that this is the environment in which we're raising our families and our values, I think, uh, really lean towards helping each other out and uh, supporting each other. And that's just such a special uh, environment to have a family.
0: I would completely agree with that. that. I agree. Thank you again to our guests for sharing with us today. We will be back with a brand new episode in just a few weeks. So in the meantime, subscribe and leave us a positive review. Until next time, you are a wicked good mom.